Buckle up, folks. It's the final stretch. The Knicks have four games left in the regular season in their playoff push. It begins with a pivotal matchup in Hollywood against LeBron and the Lakers. Will Julius Randle propel them to a win against his former team in Los Angeles? Can the Knicks hold on to the fourth seed? Who do we want to see in the first round of the playoffs? We'll also go inside the doghouse 25 years later. Take a look back at JYD's incredible 1996 NBA draft class. Slap the four. Lock it down on defense. Let's go. We got a hot new episode of Big Apple Buckets next from the New York Post. Welcome back to Big Apple Buckets, our New York Knicks podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Sal Licata, alongside my co-host, former Knicks and NBA big man, Jerome the Williams. You'll hear our producer, Jake Brown, as well throughout the course of the show. Go into Big Apple Buckets podcast right now on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the show, then give us five-star rating. Write a nice review. We're just a few weeks away from playoff editions of Big Apple Buckets, so make sure you're subscribed and following the crew. You can follow us on Twitter as well for podcast updates at Sal underscore Licata, at Junkyard Dog JW, and at Jake Brown Radio. Here we are. I mean, we've made it the final podcast in the regular season. The Knicks have four games left, coming off a huge win against the Clippers on Sunday, a huge game later on this evening. If you're listening as we record on Tuesday, taking on the Lakers, and of course, LeBron James expected to be back for that. Before we get into the specifics of the Knicks-Lakers and even recapping the Knicks-Clippers, how about JYD, this West Coast trip that was supposed to define the season that everybody was dreading, five games in, one game remaining against the Lakers. The Knicks are three and two on it. They still have the hold on the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference at the moment. We know it's tight there with the Hawks. You have the Heat lurking as well, just a game behind. But how about the Knicks showing their resilience and getting it done on this West Coast trip? Man, it's been exciting. I've really enjoyed it. I mean, going into this, everybody was just dreading it. I mean, everybody was talking about, can they hold up? What will they be able to do? I mean, we just sat there and watched them play great basketball against a team they hadn't beaten in 10 years. It's been a decade since they've beaten the Clippers. And they've gone through the Chris Paul teams, the Blake Griffin teams, now Kawhi and Paul George team, and they get a dub. Like, you weren't predicting. These were supposed to be the definite losses on this schedule were the Clippers and potentially the Lakers with LeBron and AD. Now you're looking at a game tonight where, hey, they come out and play their type of basketball. There's a good chance that they could do it again and have another top win in this Western Conference road trip. Instead of it being a defining uh, trip on the West Coast to end the season, whether they make the play-in or not, it becomes a trip where they have their defining win of the year against the Clippers. You mentioned it first time they've won there in 10 years, doing it against a good team. And more importantly, JYD, and this is why I think it's season-defining for them, they did it without Randall scoring a bunch of points. Randall scored 14 points, but he had a big game, rebounding-wise, making sure he's getting it to the right guy in the right situation, making his teammates better, something that Randall has done all year long but if I would have told you a few months ago hey the Knicks would go on the road take it on the Clippers and Randall would have 14 points you're going to tell me that that game's a blowout and instead the Knicks won because of Derrick Rose because of Reggie Bullock because of RJ Barrett Randall scoring 14 getting it done in other ways helping this team win a team game on the road against the Clippers that is an enormous sign for this team moving forward and you can clearly see that 
it's been an emphasis on those two guys, Derek Rose and, and Julius Randle, just having to not only carry the load, but make the proper decisions for this team. And the leadership is solidified between the two of them. And and when you can see it in 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 real time, Tom Thibodeau is a result. Like he having the right coaching staff, people that Julius Randle trusts, Derrick Rose obviously played for him. You can see the cohesiveness there. And I think it's just uh, wonderful for Nick fans to be in this position. And not only that, looking at a playoff situation where their team is in the playoffs, like it's not even a remote thing. Now it's about, you know, could they potentially put themselves in a position to win a series is something that the Nick fans can definitely consider. Whereas in the past, it wasn't even a question of them first making the playoffs, but not only having a question about them actually winning a series. And guys, you talk about Tibbs. He called one man the unsung hero on Sunday after his his big game, and that would be three-point goal Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock has been a hero defensively and from downtown for this team, and who would have thought that he'd staple himself as the starting small forward? You know, on a team that is in the fourth seed of the Eastern Conference, this is a guy for most teams is a bench player. He's their sixth man, seventh man, eighth man. He has been the Knicks' third man. And it's, it's really come out of nowhere, his progress and development, since he's been healthy and staying on the court. So we always throw our flowers to Rose. Let's throw our flowers to Reggie Bullock and those those beautiful dreads, Sal, that he's got on his head. And those three balls, when they when they go in and he gets unstoppable, we saw it with the game against Memphis when he hit that clutch three. He finds ways to make clutch threes. And when he's on, uh, the Knicks are scary. And he started out being a nice role player where I was like, oh, I like this guy, Bullock. He can knock down some threes. Obviously, Tibbs loves him because he can play defense as well, and that's why he's getting, or that's why he got all the opportunity that he did early on. But he's become more than just that. I mean, you mentioned he's become their starting small forward and been a huge factor, knocking down threes consistently, game in, game out. I do think moving forward next year, me personally, I don't know if they're going to do this, but I'd like to see quickly. And by the way, they do it without Emmanuel quickly, right? No Mitchell Robinson. The Knicks, doesn't matter who they lose, they continue to just fill, you know, next man up fill in the spots do it well with the depth that they have but I look ahead to next year and I would move myself RJ Barrett to the small forward Bullock to the bench and hope to have quickly be the starting two guard and get a real point guard in but I get what you're saying I mean Bullock's been great so and that's what gives them the luxury of having a guy like Julius Randle not need to score 30 every single night well maybe on any given night Barrett will get hot or Bullock will get hot and we know Derrick Rose I know we've talked about him a lot here rightfully so dude he's been unbelievable so the combination now where they have legitimately four guys, right, between Randall, Bullock, Barrett, Rose, any given night, those four guys, three of those four can do what they're supposed to do, and the Knicks are going to be in a great position to win a game. JYD, you like to dive into the box score. Let's dive into Derrick Rose's West Coast trip box score because it's worthy of mentioning. 25 against the Clippers, 17 against the Suns, 14 against the Nuggets, 25 against the Grizzlies, 24 against the Rockets. That's a hell of a five-game stretch there. He's He knows not to shoot too many threes where he's shooting a max of three to five a game and, and drilling them. He's dishing, he's swishing, and he has just been remarkable. We said, I think last week, their record was like 22 and nine with him on the floor. He clearly is a difference maker for this team. And you talk about needing another guard, Sal. 
I will guarantee this here on Big Apple Buckets and, and going into the offseason, the Knicks will end up with one of Chris Paul, Lonzo Ball, or Kyle Lowry. You can book that to the bank, go to Vegas, buy your ticket on it. The Knicks get one of those three guards this summer. What about Dame Lillard? That's my guy. I, I want wish. Dame. He's I know not leaving been... Portland, bro. He's not. I know, but you know, that story came out. I mean, maybe the Portland wants to move on from anyway. I know that's a pipe dream at this point. And way to go wishful on... thinking. Way to go wishful thinking. And, I mean, that, that would well, give that away would be... all of your children for Damian Lillard. Hey, look, quickly. <laughs> A top in picks. I don't care as as long as it's not Barrett or Randall. I would do anything to get Dame Lillard, but I take those other guys. Look, next year, that's the great thing about this season. It's not just the one and done the way that it was when they won fifty four games, which was kind of the culmination of those mellow years, right? They made the playoffs the two years prior in ten and eleven, and then again in eleven twelve, losing in the first round. Then the fifty four win season, and they actually win a round, and then we haven't seen the playoffs since. This is different. And you, by the way, you think about it, the Knicks have a chance later on tonight against the Lakers to clinch a playoff berth for only the fifth time in the last 20 freaking years. That is a big deal. I mean, I grew up watching this team in the playoffs year in, year out. It was consistent. It was guaranteed. Not only they'd be in the playoffs, they'd be winning. The the first round was a bye. I mean, give me a break. The first round with the Knicks, three games and done. That's it. Charlotte, Atlanta, whoever. That was a sweep. Man, now the Knicks, over the last 20 years, this is only going to be the fifth time that they're going to be in the postseason. It is remarkable to think of that. But the better part is that, You hope now that they've turned the corner to where this is year one of Tom Thibodeau and they're already going to be in the playoffs and there's no reason to think that they're not going to get significantly better moving forward. Definitely significantly better moving forward. I mean, you can just look at the the mountain that they're climbing. They're constantly going up. They're doing things where we're saying, kind of taking a step back and saying, wow, we didn't think they were going to be able to do this. And they're consistently doing it. They got a good core. They got young players. They got good veterans. And they got people and up for MVP votes. Julius Randle's going to get some MVP votes this year. I can guarantee you that. He's not going to win, but he's going to get some votes. And that's telling me something right there. You got potential. You got building block. And you're going to have people that are going to want to play with him. Because why? Because he's beating those guys. <laughs> he's beating them. When you're beating good players, other good players say, hmm, I might want to roll with this guy. I might want to rock with this guy. And that's how you get a better team. So it starts with Julius Randle. And then it came in with Derrick Rose. Now, you know, they saying, wow, Derrick Rose is winning with Julius Randle. From an NBA player perspective, I can see how the Knicks are going to improve over the next one to two years. And guys, I've seen debates on Twitter about Randle and a potential contract extension. Where would you be on that? Do you need to see another year out of him before going there? Or are you locking him up for a five-year long-term deal this summer? Oh, no, I'm locking him up. I mean, I don't need to see any more. I've seen the improvement. He's always a good player, but now he's taking it to the next level. He's improved. Clearly, he's thrived in the system with Thibodeau. He's a passionate player, represents New York City as well as you possibly could. I'm locking him up, JYD. I don't think there's any question. Look, JYD was on it. First podcast we recorded, he said that you know sometimes players can change a little bit, so it's up to Randall to evolve as a player, change his game, and he did just that. I've seen enough. I'm locking him up. And so just to second Sal's emotions – Dog pounds locking up dogs. We do not pass on dogs. That's for sure. And Julius Randle is a dog, and I love his bully tactics. So I'm signing him to that extension, getting it done, and then I'm letting everything else fall in place. He's proven he can beat guys. 
So we've talked about the future now, looking ahead. How about the present? Tonight, a huge game. And to me, when you think about it, it's it's not just Knicks-Lakers, not just the biggest game that, what, since 48 years uh, where the Knicks took on the Lakers in the NBA Finals. This is a huge game for both teams, which is very, very rare. That We're talking about that long ago. Lakers needed to try to avoid that play-in, and the Knicks obviously won it so they could clinch a playoff spot and remain in the fourth seed. But how about Julius Randle in what could be the biggest game of the Knicks year? going against his former team, trying to close out this road trip, get the Knicks to four and two. I have to believe JYD. Now I know this is a guy who wants to win every game he plays and was ticked off when they didn't beat the Nets coming down to the buzzer. You know, he's never happy when they lose a game. However, this one might mean a little bit more going up against a team that basically gave up on you with the Lakers in their house, a chance to hurt their playoff chances and push them into that plan and clinch a playoff spot. This has got to be a huge game. Game, not only for the Knicks, but specifically Julius Randle. Let me tell you something right now. I know what he's doing right now. He's sitting in the Rich Carlton, right? He's got pillows underneath his legs, keeping his feet off the ground. He's got room service. He's probably eating some salad, some steak. I mean, the fuel tank is going to be on level 1,000. Let me just tell you. He's got, not only does he have the regular, like his, he's making sure that he gets whatever that meal ticket needs to be for his optimum fuel output, energy output. But then he has this alternative fuel, Sal. You know, Jake, do you know what that alternative fuel is? Yeah, I think a lot of people are, are there's like a fuel shortage somewhere. I think people are uh, getting all the alternative <laughs> right. fuel they can get. It's called nitro. Few humans have it, but elite basketball players with a chip on their shoulder, they get this extra dose of what we call nitro pumping into the veins when you have emotions attached. And as Sal delicately threw out there, there's some bad blood. Yes, you always have that edge going up against your old team. I was traded from the Pistons. I did never think I was ever going to be traded from the Pistons. I didn't send the GM a letter and said, hey, you know, I'm, I don't feel it here. I'm, I think this is, we got to move on. I didn't ever get a dog pound letter. But when I got my exiting papers, it was a little like shock. My eyes lit up like, who, me? There must be some mistake. There really can't be this. The dog pound's not leaving. Detroit. So when I came back and had those fans cheering in the stands, it was like extra fuel. It was the nitro juice. <laughs> I, I don't Jake, know. I don't know. It was nitro cool. juice. Man. I love the nitro so, juice. So, so he's gonna. So Julius is gonna have nitro juice. There's no excuses, and he doesn't have the pressure of saying we have to win this game. They're coming into the game, and everybody's saying, "Well, the Knicks are supposed to lose." Surely now that LeBron is back and Julius is coming in like, okay, I'm going to get my optimum fuel levels up just like I just spoke. And then, you know, the nitro factor, that nitro button that's on that joystick that you, you know, you know, when you know you need to push it and it's game over. (laughs) I've heard of juice, man. I've heard of said it is getting ready to get hit. I like it. JYD. We've heard of hoodie mellow. Now we're going to have nitro Julius and maybe see him take on those Lakers. Both teams, as we mentioned, entering with the same record 38 and 30. It's actually, you could argue that it's a bigger game for the Lakers Lakers right now, a game and a half behind on the playoff game. When you look at the play in right now. So it's a bigger game for the Lakers to try to uh, get themselves out of that play in scenario. And for the Knicks, we know that they're actually in a good spot as far as being in that top six, where a win, coupled with, I thought 
thought the Knicks just needed to win to clinch, but I guess they need to win. The magic number is two, so they'll know the result of it. When they go on the floor, they might just need to win because they'll know the result of Heat-Celtics, obviously, in West Coast, East Coast games. So that's what it comes So to. if Celtics lose to the Heat, then the Knicks would clinch with a, top, with a victory. And they how clinch about a top this? Six. If that happens and they beat the Lakers, Sal and JYD, and Jack Nicholson is sitting there courtside with his mask on, let's remix the Shining, baby. Here's Julius. You know what I would do if I'm if I'm Nitro Julius tonight? If Nitro Julius goes off and the Knicks clinch a playoff spot and they beat the Lakers in the process and Jack is sitting there, I'm running up to him after I hit a big three and yelling in his face, you can't handle the truth, Jack! How about that? After knocking down big shots, going to let him have it. And then represent the New York, pound that New York on your chest. That's what I want to yeah, say. I don't know about this. I've had a lot of jungle juice in my day back in the college. I don't know about Nitro juice. I think JYD might be sipping on jungle juice, talking about Nitro, <laughs> nitro juice. juice, man. I'm trying to tell you. It's like jungle juice on level 10. We get it, man. The dog pound knows about this nitro juice. You know how nitro juice? I'll give you a famous nitro juice player that you might have heard about. He was my college roommate, AI. That man had nitro juice buttons. He had multiple nitro juice buttons. It's ridiculous. I'll say this. If Julius scores, and here's Julius line in front of Jack Nichols, if he drops a 40-piece, I will, for next week's podcast, eat a 40-piece chicken nugget while we oh, record no. Big Apple Buckets. I will eat a 40-piece nugget. on Because JYD's sending me us pictures of his Gallagher steak dinner and his big meals and his birthday dinner. Happy oh, birthday, yeah. JYD. JYD, I know, in the, in the group chat, and I couldn't go. My Ooh. wife, by the way, last week, I was like, uh, uh, hey, honey, as soon as we were done recording, I went upstairs. And I said, you know, JYD invited us to a nice steak dinner next Tuesday. Is there any way you had to see the death stare? It was an immediately <laughs> shot down. Like there wasn't even. And I was like, but it's JYD, the junkyard dog. Woo, woo, woo. And she's like, I don't care if it's the president. There's no chance. What's what's, like, what's your right. wife's name? What's your wife's name? Marina. Marina. I'm giving you a dog pound shout out right now. <laughs> I want Sal to let you hear this. Okay. You have been indoctrinated into the dog pound. You get a steak dinner before Sal. That's the way we're going to do it. Then that way, he might get let out the house the next time. But he did miss some succulent steak oh, looks from so Gallagher's. Good. It was going down. Did the you drink? Was, was there was there nitro juice drinking at the table? No. <laughs> I had the clear pan of water. You got to oh. crystallize the steak as it goes down. And, and by the way, right. It's not bad enough that we couldn't go. Jake was in uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, whatever, with the family. Uh, my wife has me in the dog pound over here. And JYD sending us pictures of this five-star dinner from Gallagher's steaks and dessert. That key lime pie looked incredible. Man, I shout mean, out to Gallagher. They kept bringing food. I didn't order it. I was saying, why is this food keep coming? I didn't put this on my docket, but... You know, we didn't pound, we didn't deserve it gets taken care of in New York, man. They want to make sure anybody that's eating with me is full. We, we were the last ones in the restaurant and they actually had to tap on our table and say, hey, guys, you know, everybody wants to close up. It, <laughs> was, like, get out. it was like 1 a.m. Like <laughs> they closed at 10. So, yeah, they kept it open a little late for the dog. Pound. I would have ran your tab up, JYD. We would have had a bottle of bubbly in there, a bottle of white wine. We'd have desserts. We'd have the whole table would be fed and been drinking well. Good thing I didn't go. My wife would have killed me. I thought it was bad just asking. Imagine being at a 1 a.m. Hey, honey, I'm hanging out with the boys. We're on our fifth bottle of wine. Yeah, right. I'd be done. She's at the I, door hey, waiting was, for you. Everybody was getting in trouble. If you wasn't JYD, you was getting in trouble because I didn't have no place to go. Nobody to go to. <laughs> but.
but it was happening. It was going down. It's amazing. You know, we started out joking around before the year. Hey, if the Knicks win 30 games, we'll go out for the Sizzler steak dinner. Here we are where the Knicks are on the verge of their 39th victory of the season. If they could get one later on tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday against the Lakers, it's just remarkable and about to clinch a playoff spot and possibly a top four seed. It is still something that even though I've seen it play out here, it's hard to fathom and they've done it so many different ways. It has really been fun. Now, after this road trip, whatever happens against the Lakers, Knicks will return home for the final three games. Spurs, Hornets, and then the Celtics. And the big news with the Celtics, Jalen Brown out for the season, torn wrist ligament. So you don't want to see injuries happen, but there's no question. Look, it's horrible for Brown, bad for the league, and clearly bad for the Celtics who've had a down year, but it does benefit any other team in the Eastern Conference, especially teams battling for those playoff spots. And, you know, the Knicks facing the Celtics without Jalen Brown, that's going to be a big blow for them. You'd have to think that the Celtics aren't going to be able to respond and bounce back from that kind of blow. Wizards have been playing a a good basketball here, by the way, too. When you look at the Eastern Conference, Pacers, Hornets, Celtics, probably the wrong way. Wizards, I think, could be a little bit of a threat in that possible play-in. And then the Heat would be the one team I don't want to see in that first round. But you look at it now, the Knicks, things are open for the Knicks, not only maintain that four spot, but also maybe get into the second round of the postseason. Forget the Randall 40 points. If the Knicks hit 40 wins, I might just eat a 40-piece nugget. I guess I'm just yeah. using or any excuse to eat 40 chicken nuggets, but a 40 wins could be possible for next Tuesday's show. We'll, have, we'll know the final schedule, so if it's 40 and 32, then JYD gets us uh, uh, his first steak dinner, his second, our first. There you go. Sal, listen. Listen to this 40-piece nugget, man. He's talking up these nuggets. I want to know what dipping sauce he's using because that's a, lot of, sour. that's a lot of of nuggets okay 40 piece nuggets is listen you're gonna be waddling out of there i'll give you insider information jyd once after a Wiz khalifa concert i ate a, a 50 piece nugget in charlotte north carolina and i ended up having a freestyle rap battle with a kid from queens in charlotte it was a kid from queens new york in charlotte north carolina uh at, after a Wiz nuggets concert, on your eating stomach 50, if you saw the video you'd be like all right jake you you beat this uh this fellow queens kid for sure oh a rap battle or a 50 piece nugget i'm not sure what's worse now wait where do you get a 50 piece nugget from? They, used, they make those? They used to have 50 piece, I believe. Now it's 20 piece. What? Now they hold have on, a wait. You... All right. First of all, let's hold on. Cut. <laughs> cut right now. We're not giving McDonald's <laughs> any free publicity, first and foremost. I hope next week we are talking Knicks Hawks because I think that's the one inexperienced team that, not that I wouldn't be worried about, but I really think the Knicks could handle them. They've shown that they can. Miami's got the experience. They've been to the finals. They have those veterans. The Knicks haven't beat them all year. So the Knicks are going to have a, a better shot at quicker exit if they have to play Miami. So give me the Hawks, give me the Celtics, give me the Hornets. It looks like it's it's Hawks or Heat, guys. I mean, they're right there with the Knicks. And listen, I the Hawks have the wins, Wizards right? Magic Rock. We need probably two wins. And then we can avoid the Hawks. Yeah, I think, think? 40, think well, I think 40, it, look, the Hawks have an easier schedule as uh, as Jake pointed out before, but I think 40 should get you the four seed. Miami's not going to be able to get there, I wouldn't imagine, with their schedule, right? And Miami's got how many games left? They, they have Celtics, the Sixers, Bucks, Pistons, so they would have to go, they lead, so the, Miami leads the tiebreaker over the Knicks, the Hawks do not. So if, right. if the Heat get to 40 and the Knicks get to 40, the Heat would take the spot, but the Heat have the Celtics, Sixers, Bucks, Pistons.
distance. So, three so the, tough games. the Heat would have to sweep. The, the Heat would have to win out to have that be the case, right? To get to forty, they only have three games left. No, they have four. They play the Celtics tonight, then the Sixers, Bucks, Pistons. So if they win three out of four, they could potentially beat out. Oh, I'm sorry, right? Because the Knicks have four left as well. Yeah, so maybe they could get there. That's right. The Knicks really need to take care of business at those three games at the Garden. The Garden needs to rock. Everyone's got to get their prime rib. Are you going? Rock Are you going? Producer no, Jake, I'm, any of those I'm games? saving the money for the playoffs. I got to go in the piggy bank and go to the playoffs. But Are playoff tickets on sale yet? No, How does that work? I don't think it? so. Oh, okay. It's going to cost an arm and a leg. But if they do are in Atlanta too, I might make, and this is how you know I'm a diehard, the flight to Atlanta because my brother lives down there. So I have a free stay at his home. So if they if, if it's cheaper in Atlanta, you might hear me screaming down there in the Atlanta. Uh, but, that's, but so I don't blame you for going, but you have to go in. a. Di- that doesn't replace going to a game at the Garden. I'll probably go I mean, it's, it, I know it's a Nick playoff game, but you, if you're going to go to a Nick playoff game, you have to go to one at the Garden. And then you could go on the road to, you know, for whatever. For game well, the hope is four. I go to one at the Garden in the second round, so they could win the oh, first wow. round. Oh, wow. Now you're getting greedy. But yet, I'll, I'll tell you, though, it would be, I mean, Knicks-Hawks doesn't have the draw that Knicks-Heat does. We're looking at it from two different perspectives. One, if you want the Knicks to have the easier path to the second round, yeah, the Hawks would be the team. All due respect, I'm not saying that they're a bad team, but I, I think that that's an easier matchup than the Heat. But if you're looking at it from a more juicy series, more intense playoff series, oh, man, welcome back to the playoffs for the Knicks with Miami Heat in the first round. That is going to be an intense series if that were the case. I'm scared. I mean, I, I think they present some matchup issues with Bam out of bio and some of the bodies and yeah. with the Knicks not having Mitchell Robinson likely for that first round series. I'd rather, I don't know about you. I'd rather have the easier path than the cooler storyline path. So JYD, you like the first round being seven games or you liked it at five? I like it at five. When I first entered the NBA five games in the first round, it was just more of a sense of urgency. I think it gave us as players a little bit less games to play. And as the later rounds came on, when you got to the seven game series, you know, you were able to have some of your legs left, you know, also to focus. It's a mental grind playing the same team, looking at the same film, you know, for seven games. It's literally, it's play for play, like move for move. You know, every, like I had to know, I mean, I knew every play that every team was running. We also knew, you know, you had to know each player that you're playing against, his tendencies and everything. So like, it was just, it was a masterful game of chess. And it's like the the referees, they play a role in the game that you can't control. Substitution, same thing. Different lineup switches, same thing. Because like, that, you know, the problem I always had in the playoffs was when the lineups got changed and then you have a guy that's normally coming in as starter. Now he's coming off the bench. That can, you know, alter the game. And then the guy that was coming off the bench, he's starting. Does he get a few foul calls on him? Is he get rolling? It's all these different factors. I remember one game against Philadelphia where Jermaine Jones came in and gave Philadelphia that huge lift in game seven because why we were queuing it on AI like we totally you know we're like let him score let him beat us and then sure enough he was he was having a great game he gave them a tremendous boost and then AI was able to carry it you know in the fourth quarter so it's things like that that you just can't account for and you're just playing that chess game 
Yeah, I, I always liked, and I know producer Jake, you're a little young, but still, you remember the five game first round series. I, I always liked the five games in the first round. I, I guess I, I didn't know any different, but it was just a great way to get into it. And you're right, JYD. The best point is those games are more intense. Every game means more. Seven game series in the first round, especially with the higher seeds versus the lower seeds, the teams that, you know, the seven and eight teams, they're not going to win the most part. They're not going to win a best of seven. So I know that the league, I guess, tried to, well, we know why they wanted to do it more money, more games, guaranteed a fourth game so each team at least gets two home games but maybe giving the top teams more of an advantage in a longer series but I used to love I'll never forget you know Dikembe Mutombo lying on the floor after the Nuggets beat the Sonics in a best of five you know even the Heat Knicks with Allen Houston with game five just those series five game series to me so condensed and so much more intense than a seven game series so I kind of miss that yeah and you see Not, more games five versus more game sevens you see a lot of sweeps or five games with right the seven game good series. point and even in baseball you know the first round ends up exciting when it's best of five in the ALDS, NLDS. So why not go with that model? But They'll change that too. It's, soon it's enough. all in the bag, man. It's all a money play. It's all about more money. And I don't think we're ever going to see a change back. So Sal, I'm sorry, but we're in for a long seven game series for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I know. Look, more games. You know what? Hey, look, as long as the Knicks are in these playoff series, that's all that matters to me. Coming up next, we're going to take a look back 25 years later, looking back at that incredible 1996 NBA draft. Why? Well, because there was a special on it. And I was thinking to myself, wait wait a second. My partner, JYD, was in it. The 1996 uh, the dog pound in the greatest. And what some are saying, the greatest draft of all time in the NBA 25 years later. So we'll re-back, uh, look back and relive that with JYD when we come back on Big Apple Buckets. So I got a text from a buddy that was saying that the NBA uh, network, NBA TV, was running the special on the 96 NBA draft and asking if I saw it and did I talk to JYD about it. I was like, no, I haven't seen it and I haven't talked to JYD about it. So I made a point to DVR it. I went back and looked and checked it out. JYD, man, you were there shaking hands with David Stern, standing next to Steve Nash and AI and Kobe Brown, all these guys, a part of what many are saying is the greatest draft in the history of the NBA 25 years ago. Did you see that special uh, that was on NBA TV, JYD? Absolutely, with a big bowl of freshly buttered popcorn <laughs> popping, the kids sitting around like this is what it was going. Yes, this is how it went down. You know, Dog Pound was a puppy. Back. It was Dog Pound. You then. know, it was a, I was a young pup not knowing anything. I remember coming into the Georgetown locker room and they used to put our mail in our lockers. And uh, I had this letter from the pre-draft camp and i was like whoa this is serious you know and i got invited to the senior um camp is called the desert classic in phoenix and this is for all of the seniors that are basically potential draft picks all the all americans were there all the top players in our draft so steve nash a host of others uh were all there you know we were on the same team and we didn't lose a game the entire weekend and uh i ended up averaging 17 and like 15 rebounds and like five assists and steve averaged 16 points and i think maybe seven assists but obviously with my rebounds you know i was able to get the mvp of the entire desert classic now going into this a lot of the scouts we're saying, wow, we didn't know you could handle the ball. We didn't know you could do this. You couldn't do that. And I said, well, I'm playing with Allen Iverson. What do you expect? I can do a lot of things. But when you're playing with AI, you know, you're going to see the majority of him. 
So anyways, I get invited to the draft. So they send me this letter, says, hey, look, multiple teams said you might be picked in the lottery. We'd like to invite you to the NBA draft. So then I'm like, wow, not only am I getting picked in the first round, but now I'm a potential lottery pick. So then I start going around to all the teams. And I'm going around, I interviewed with 22 out of the 30 teams. And who sets this up, your agent or you do? Yeah, the I mean, the agent sets it up, but he's basically taking calls because I didn't even have an agent. I had a lawyer. So he's not calling teams, they're calling him. So right. they're inviting us to an interview. So I go to all these interviews, all these workouts, worked out for the Knicks, worked out for the Lakers. Those are two prominent teams, but Lakers, uh, Knicks had multiple picks. Worked out for the Celtics. That was a big one. New Jersey. Everybody that was in pretty much the bottom half of the lottery and on out. And I mean, these workouts were insane. I remember Milwaukee. Uh, one of the drills was, we want you to take one dribble, see how far you can go back and still dunk the ball. And, you know, they start you at the foul line. You know, you take one dribble, you dunk it. You know, go to three-point line, take one dribble, you dunk it. I'm out at half court. The, the scouts are saying, no way. And like, you know, it's just how you take your strides and everything else. But yeah, and it dunked it for almost half court. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, they're probably going to pick me. <laughs> right, so you're get... thinking they, yeah. they invited you and you're thinking you're going to the lottery, right? You're there. And like I right. said, in, in the special, you could see David Stern coming over and shaking everybody's hand that was back there. And you're there amongst, you know, these these greats with Iverson and Marcus Camby and Stephon Marbury, Ray Allen. I mean, all these big names uh, coming out of college and you're right there with them. You're thinking you're sitting there thinking you're going in the lottery or at the very least, if not the lottery, what, maybe top 15? What is yeah. your mentality going um, to that draft? I was definitely looking at it like um, after, you know, anywhere from that 11 to 15 because of the picks and the the different players that were going to be picked ahead of me. You know, we don't, I'm not going in here with my eyes closed. I mean, I know AI is going, I know Marcus Camby. These guys are, you know, Sharif Abdul Rahim, mm -hmm. Ray Allen, Stephon Marbury. They, I mean, I mean, these guys are sick, ridiculous. So we know they're going right after that. You know, then it's sort of like, what do you actually need? You know, Kerry Kittles gets picked. You got Antoine Walker who gets picked. You have Samaki Walker. You have Todd Fuller. Where'd he come from? Peja Stoyakovich. They need a shooter. Ilgauskas. You know, you need a center. Like these are, you know, some of these are just specialty kind of positions. And I'm new to this. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what teams are looking for. Kobe Bryant, he's, we don't know Kobe as a player. We know all the players that played in the Big East and the, you know, Big Ten, Big 12 and uh, the Pac-12, like, you you know, those players, you don't know Kobe Bryant, Jermaine O'Neal. You don't right. know these guys. Coming out of high school. Never, and and, and, and that's why they, they didn't go. They didn't go to the pre-draft to, to work out. So you didn't even get a chance to see them go up against any of these guys. Well, I think that's why people look back, not just the names. Yes, there were obviously great names that were picked and had, uh, you know, tremendous uh, careers in the NBA. But this was a draft that kind of changed everything. And, you know, the one thing that I got from watching the special, you know, even Calipari, who was with the Nets at the time. Well, we like Kobe Bryant. We think he's going to be great. But right now, the better fit for us was Kerry Kittles. Everybody seemed to think Kobe was going to be a star eventually, but not yet because he's coming out of high school. So you had the high school players, Jermaine O'Neal, as you mentioned, and a lot of the guys, you know, maybe guys overseas, whatever, but you're taking guys that were not the established four years, go to college, John Wallace, Syracuse. You know, those guys were dropping. This was really the first time that we saw that off the heels of Garnett, you know, be prior to this draft. We This was the first time we really saw that change with teams taking a chance on potential based on what actually is from college. 
Is this the greatest draft of all time? I mean, you mentioned some of the names. Let's do a quick run through. One, Allen Iverson legend. Can be great career, 17 years. Three, Abdul Rahim had a very solid career for a dozen years. Four, Stephon Marbury, 13 years. Five, Ray Allen, 18 years, one of the greats. Antoine Walker, 12 years, nice career. Lorenzen Wright, decent career, not great, but he did last 13 years. Kerry Kittles, our full court on Flatbush podcast host, eight years, probably could have played longer but had knee injuries. Very solid career. Went to two NBA finals. Samaki Walker, good role player. Won a championship with the Lakers, 10 years. Eric Dampier, 16 years. I, I can't believe he lasted that long. He wasn't he wasn't that good, but he lasted 16 years. Todd Fuller, 5. Vitaly Patapenko, 11, which is surprising. Kobe, one of the GOATs, 20. Peja, great career, 13. I mean, the list goes on and on. 15. Nash, 18 years, great career. Tony Delk had 10 solid years. Jermaine O'Neal played 18, which is surprising, but had a good career. Uh, Wallace, 7. Walter McCarty, 10. Ilgowskis, 13. And then leading up to JYD, you had a couple guys who were a cup of coffee. You had Dante Jones, 1 year. Roy Rogers and his fried chicken, 13. Three years. Ephthemios Rencias, one year. Derek Fisher, 18. Then Martin Mersep, two. And then our guy, JYD. And then Brian Evans, three. Priest Lauderdale, two. Travis Knight, seven. So, you know, JYD, after 20 in Ogalskis, uh, you and Fisher are the true standouts in that class. Yeah, because then you also had Othello Harrington, Malik Rose in the second round, you know, Ben Wallace, who didn't, you know. Oh, Ben Wallace, get- that's right. Didn't even get drafted exactly. What? Ben Wallace, championship defensive player of the year. I mean, it was just ridiculous, the people that were in that draft. And, you know, pound for pound, player for player, we had some of the greatest players. And you have to if you're going to go up against LeBron's draft or if you're going to go up against uh, Michael Jordan's draft. Those are the two that are compared and those are the two that they say, hey, you know, that that 96 has to beat out. And clearly we beat out both of those. You know, it's disappointing, Joe I.D., looking back and, I, you know, I'm watching it with a different mind frame. I'm thinking of you a little bit. And the Knicks took Wallace. All right, whatever. I get that. The Knicks had three picks in four, 18, 19, and then 21. And they're not taking the dog pound with one of those picks. Walter McCarty, whatever. Dante Jones, give me a break. You have to be thinking to yourself as, as it gets later in the draft, especially with the Knicks. I mean, how the hell are you not getting picked here? Uh, you're better than uh, almost all of those guys that were taken after number 20. It's strategic. That's the way the NBA works you know you look back and you see like why they picked who they picked because they're picking them potentially as you know draft bait for other teams and they know that the first person that they're picking at that forward spot is their keeper and the other two are kind of you know as you can see guys that didn't have long careers and didn't even last but they take JYD after John Wallace it's Armageddon at at practice every day We played against each other in college, Georgetown versus Syracuse. They know the history. They know the the elements of dog pound and the full extent of what they were missing because they had already worked me out and said I wasn't going to. They were picking me if I lasted to the 15th spot. But, man, you lasted. If They could have got you right at 21, JYD, instead of Dante Jones. We could have had JYD, Charles Oakley, Allen Houston, John Starks rocking the late 90s at the Garden. Forget about Patrick Ewing's quote last week. If Patrick Ewing plays, we beat the Spurs. Maybe if JYD plays on the Knicks, we beat the Spurs in 99. Oh, it's going down. You hear me? We got got all the juice we 
need. They teams are running from New York. They don't want no part. You would have punched the admiral right in the face in those finals, <laughs> right, JYD? Hey, and I got a <laughs> I got a uh, a head split from the admiral right here. One of oh. my stitches. Yeah, you should have so, got him back in '99 if you man, were. Man, it, it was serious the business. The admiral, the dog, everybody. When I used to go up against the mailman, the mailman delivers what you know, but he has to have his dog sprays. I mean, you know, we we had all kinds of stories in the doghouse. Which matter of fact, let me get into my. Can I get into my doghouse right now? Yeah. I got a 1996 story. Now, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch this up because normally I give you a basketball story, but sometimes you know our fans just because. We're going to get five-star ratings for this particular podcast. i got to give you some something juicy. All right, so juicy. First 17 picks, right? I just want you to do your research. First 17 picks. We're in Chicago. It was a draft party, so it was the night before the draft. And all 17 of us, not everybody in that 17, but I'd say a good 13 to 13 of us, they were we were ushered out the hotel into these limos. And I didn't know exactly where we were going, but it was told to me that we were going to a draft party. So I'm like, oh, okay. So all pile into these limos and we drive to this club. We get to the club and, you know, they kind of take us through the front door, but it kind of like the music is playing, but there's not a lot of people there. And I'm starting to like, what kind of draft party is this? Like, there's not a lot of people there, right? And the guy opens the door and he's like, welcome, right? And I'm saying to myself, now some of the guys, now this is where like, you know, the you know, my eyes are sort of getting ready to be open to the NBA lifestyle. One of the players, he comes in because he has a he has a full visual of what's getting ready to happen. He comes in and literally out of nowhere, as soon as he crosses over the plane of the door, he takes off all his clothes, strips down to nothing in front of everybody, and lays on the floor and says, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, now we got to know who this is. Who oh, is come it? on, JYD. Spill I mean, the like, beans. If that's not a doghouse story, okay? All right, so you got to go through, do your research, and you can try to figure out what player did that out of the first 17? Well, eight. I mean, I think you could narrow it, it down 13, to some guys. It was, 13, it was 13 guys out of that. First seventeen, obviously, I wasn't in the seventeen. My guess is right. Antoine Walker. My guess would be Antoine. Yeah, Walker. That, that's definitely one. I mean, I think AI, but he's probably too famous for that. Uh, Antoine Walker, a hundred percent, is a great guess. Everybody's <laughs> smiling, which means it's definitely Antoine Walker. Yeah, I'm not I saying was... who it is. I'm not saying who it is. I, you know, that's part of the dog pound. Well, you know, you know, I mean? you, you know it we don't right. we don't reveal, but. If what he a great was on story. A, if he was on a store, if he was on a, uh, you know, on on a, on a show, I know he, get this player him. would would admit to it. Imagine yeah. doing that in today's day and age with uh, social exactly. media. You can never exactly. do something like that. Exactly. Well, did he? Was it at a? Was it a strip club? And he was getting naked and joining it wasn't the a party. Strip club. That's what I'm saying. It was actually at a club. So I was I was just confused. Okay, and no one else took their clothes off. So obviously, <laughs> underwear we, too. We, the whole the whole thing. underwear everything. That's oh, what I man. said took off big apple buckets throat. after hours I was like what type of world am i entering into <laughs> what's going on like so could, anyway could be marbury I, marbury could have been a possibility there marbury walker yeah maybe ai i mean i, I don't know but there are a lot do you you would never think that ray allen would do something like that it was, Raheem, it was too reserved I you believe, think so i agree i think it's marbury jyd's giving a smirk it's definitely marbury marbury well that was a few <laughs> na- uh, process of elimination what a great can you can you imagine? That's going to be Jake with the 50-piece nugget. It will land on the floor of McDonald's. I'm ready. Yeah, this barbecue sauce spilling piece. all over me. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Notice not, not one European off. player got chosen for that. Notice. Yeah, exactly. No, there's no way the European guys would do that. I wouldn't uh, think. Who knows? Some of these guys you get enough, uh, get enough alcohol in them or whatever, and I guess anything is possible. That wraps uh, up this episode of Big Apple Buckets After Hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this will be our final episode of Big Apple Buckets. Anyway, all right, there you go. Inside the doghouse, fun to relive that '96 draft with JYD, of course, a member who was in the '96 draft, the greatest draft by many, uh, who think that that's the greatest draft of all time. That does it for us for episode 45, the Cole Aldrich edition. Jake, come on. Cole Aldrich, really? Of Big Apple Buckets, our Nick podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to producer Jake Brown, Brian Mungia for producing the show, of course. Give Big Apple Buckets a five-star rating. Write a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. For JYD, Jerome Williams, I'm Sal Licata. We'll chat with you guys next Tuesday for our playoff preview show. Who would have ever thought that that would be the case? Thanks for tuning in every week. We appreciate it. Enjoy the final four games before Knicks playoff basketball. And of course, let's go Knicks.